When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another Rugby League Down South. Coming up on this episode, Joey Grimer departs as coach of the London Broncos. We'll assess the situation at the club with no helmets required writer Gavin Willisey. We'll talk to the interim head coach, Andrew Henderson. Also on the podcast, we'll find out the best men who have become rivals as we chat to Hemel Stags coach, Troy Perkins. We'll speak to the new coach at the Gloucestershire All Golds, Lee Greenwood, about what he's enjoying about the head coaching role there. And we speak about the positivity in South Wales as that continues with Scorpions coach Mike Grady. And in future episodes, we'll catch up with the Coventry Bears of League One, the only team we've not yet talked to so far on this new series of Rugby League Down South. So the Coventry Bears coming up in future episodes. But the big news, Joey Grimer's gone. Never plain sailing at the Broncos, is it? It's like um, constantly choppy seas, bad weather, and your sail getting ripped every other day. Um, it's not been... Well, I was going to say it's not been the best of weeks. Uh, Broncos have lost their coach. Worse things have happened, but um, it did seem like things were going in the right direction uh, with Grimer. had plenty of comments on Twitter, at Ian Ramsdale, and uh, on the email, rldownsouth at gmail.com. Let's just bring you a few of those before we get round to the interviews. Ron saying, just heard Grimer's left the Broncos for family reasons. Unbelievable. Ian says, the club motto should be, we don't do things easy. Would be a massive opportunity for someone, though. Anne says, the constant turmoil does get a bit wearing on all involved. David Hughes deserves better luck. And Simon on Twitter at Ian Ramsdale saying, wow, that's a surprise. He seems to have steadied the ship at a very tricky time. Well, he will be missed, won't he? He's done great work in the year that he's been there since uh, joining when uh, Tony Ray uh, sort of w- w- was building things with, with David Hughes and getting the club back into working order, taking over at uh, midpoint uh, last year. A club statement from the Broncos saying family issues meant that uh, Joey couldn't do the job anymore and he will return back to Australia. Uh, the owner, David Hughes, saying he tried to get him to stay, um, which sounds like and the situation's been going on for, for a couple of weeks. And um, we all just hope initially and first of all that the uh, the family issues that, that Joey has can be all sorted and, and that things will be well. Um, but it's going to be difficult and you know can... Broncos find someone with such positivity and enthusiasm to continue the good work uh, that he's done. Um, Just to sort of talk about the impact that he's had, a couple of journalists mentioned a few things on Twitter. Gary Carter writes for The uh, the Sun. Joey Grimer gone, one of the nicest blokes I've spoken to and seemingly turned London around, off the field at least. And Dave Hadfield, a long 
standing writer uh, with the independent saying agree with that quite an inspiring bloke to talk to so he had his impact uh, not just in london but uh, across the country as well now i wanted to talk to gavin willisey the writer of no helmets required the book and the guardian blog series about something he'd wrote about the broncos new training base in bushy in one of his uh, online blogs but um of course when we sat down to have a chat uh well we couldn't avoid the big news of the day Gavin, well, thank you for talking to us. It's a while since we've uh, caught up. I think it was uh, talking about your uh, No Helmets Required, but wasn't it last time that we uh, we had you on the programme? Um, you're a man who obviously keeps your eye on the game uh, nationally as well as um, with particular interest uh, in the South and in London. Got to start with the big news of the week and Joey Grimer leaving London Broncos. Did that come as a, a shock, a surprise to you? Oh, I was uh, absolutely stunned by that, Ian. Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone expected it because we didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. If the story had been uh, potentially going for a while, the public didn't know about it, and I, I had no idea. So I was very surprised and and quite sad, really, because I thought he'd been fantastic. I mean, it... such an approachable fellow, and so uh, very friendly, very uh, welcoming, and open. Um, and everybody seemed to be on on his side, so it was a great shame that it's finished so soon. I've written a piece for the uh, Match Day program for the um, for the game on Sunday for Broncos about you know making an impact and completely in an unrelated matter. But that's exactly what Joey did at Broncos, wasn't it? He he definitely made an impact. Absolutely, you know, he, he, I think he looked at the big picture and thought, right, if we were starting with a blank sheet of paper, what would we do, and how much of that can I actually implement in the in the uh, from the position that I'm in now, um, and he put a huge number of uh, structures in place, changed a lot of things, and I think got the club to where it should have been uh, three or four years ago when things started to fall apart and the downward uh, spiral began. Uh, that sort of process that he put in place over the last few months should have happened then, um, and uh, whilst it was too late to save him in Super League, it looked like he'd establish things um, to gradually build back up again it does seem like hopefully, with... I was just going to say hopefully some uh, whoever takes over um, will be able to continue that good work I was going to say I, I described sort of the, the, the Broncos as you know it's never plain sailing it's like sailing in choppy waters it's always chucking it down strong winds and someone keeps ripping your sail every now and again you know it, it, there never seems to be a, a period where you can sort of catch the wind and really go with it I mean a man who's like yourself who's seen it over the years is it like this all the time? Well, I think there's, there's just never been any consistency over a matter of years. It's only, you know, you might get some consistency for a few months. Uh, you look at other clubs where people are in place or teams are in place for season after season and they're tweaked. There's no tweaking at the Broncos. It's it's big changes, whether that's the coach, the team, the ground, the name, the kit. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. That's not how you run a professional sports club that's never been a successful formula and yet the Broncos seem to have persisted with that On that note it can get a little bit frustrating sometimes for the fans you know just when you think you've got a, a good period coming you know it looks like that the team if they can function will be competitive this year in some way shape or form they got a good coach who seemed to sort of know what needed to be done and you know was working on fixing those things you know like you say they got over the troubles of a couple of years ago and really sort of bedded down the fans get a bit frustrated because of this i mean 
Joey Grime is citing sort of you know the family and, and an issue or issues that he's got to sort out. We know nothing more um, at the moment. Plenty of rumor flying around, but but can you be can you be frustrated with Joey for pulling out at this point? I don't think uh, really it would be fair to to be frustrated with him when we don't know the full story. And if it's to, if it's family issues, if it's you know the need to go back to Australia for family reasons, then I don't think anyone should be um, criticising him for that. But that's one of the risks you take when you bring in somebody from the other side of the world. It's the same with players, where players might not settle, um, players will get homesick. You know, usually uh, it's a short term fix it's a, a one two three year project when you bring someone in from australia it's very rare that you get someone like andrew henderson who establishes a life here and basically um becomes one of us like um, tony smith would be another example but generally speaking uh, it's a it's a short-term fix so that that was always a risk but it's happened sooner i think than any of us would have expected I've seen a number of names banded around, and you mentioned Andrew Henderson there, the the assistant at the moment. And like you say, you know he's he's well and truly entrenched, isn't he? And I think he was born in Torquay, wasn't he initially? But um, you know, obviously grew up in in Australia. Um, he's obviously going to take over the side in in the interim. Do you think he's someone who could coach Championship level and, and be successful? You know, with the Broncos, he's obviously commuting at the moment for for Broncos, so he's he's not sort of there. He's there full time, of course, in capacity, but not. Um, living in London I mean would that matter is he someone that could do it do you think they need another name someone from within London Rugby League another big name coach possibly well I think the, the situation with Andrew Henderson is I, I know uh, Hendo pretty well because of my involvement in the Scotland Rugby League mm. uh, so I've known him for 10 years and he's a fantastic man great fella um, very similar similar to Joey Grimer really in his personality Um but he's a very inexperienced coach, uh, not being a head coach, so that would be a, a big gamble. Um, I'm sure it's not what he wanted or expected to be in charge a month into the season or three weeks in. Um, and the fact that he's got a, a, a young family, he's just had a, another baby very recently, just before the start of the season, and his wife and kids mm. are up in South Yorkshire, that, to me, doesn't suggest a stable situation that would be successful uh, I, I think that I, I can't see how that would work I'm sure it would only be a matter of time till, um, till it became an issue that his family's in Yorkshire and, and he'd be full time in a, a major job as head coach down here so I think uh, Hendo working under somebody else who's more experienced based in London um, would be the ideal situation Another reason for uh, chatting to you on the uh, podcast this week, Gavin, was uh, a piece you wrote in uh, the blog on the Guardian website under your No Helmets Required brand. Um, you mentioned the fact that the Broncos have now switched their training base, no longer Underhill. They um, they had been looking for a, for a number of months for, for a new base because they obviously heard that Underhill was in the process of being sold or about to be sold. Eventually that happened. They had quite a short amount of time to, to move out and they, they've gone to Bushy. It's an old um, what police training centre with a load of fields out the back, but they've got a gym in there. They've got various facilities. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 the team have used that area in their previous history, as you wrote in your blog. Yes, they have. There is, there is a rugby league history to it. It's the Met Police Sports Ground, uh, just on the edge of Bushy, just off the uh, A41. Mm. Um, I've had uh, many a Sunday morning losing football matches out there. It's a big, <laughs> big, 
big blustery place, a uh, huge number of pitches of all different sports, um, but uh, a, a great facility. And um, yeah, the Broncos history goes back 20, well, 35 years there, really, back to the very start. Um, in the mid-90s, uh, the second team, who were at the time called the Alliance, played some matches there, some home games on that ground. And um, way back in 1980, when Fulham actually started and the team was based up in Lancashire, uh, the, the team would travel down on a Saturday morning and train at Bushy next door to the sports grounds on what is now a housing estate um, and stay in the hotel on the main road, which was uh, now the, the Watford Hilton. So that's where they'd stay. They'd walk across the A41 and train on the, uh, the grounds across the road. And that hotel um, would be very familiar to a lot of people, even if they've never actually passed it, because it's uh, the Linton Travel Tavern in the Alan Partridge series. So when you see Alan Partridge <laughs> coming out of the hotel uh, and walking up and down a dual carriageway, uh, that is actually the hotel in Bushy, right by the Broncos' new training ground. Excellent. I didn't realise that. I didn't know that. A bit of, tri- bit of trivia for you. Uh, next time we uh, enter a pub quiz, let's hope it comes up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to the, the training ground for the opening training session. It was about the time that the club were hoping to sort of announce something to make it all official. And they were waiting for various confirmation and, and licences. And I think they they sort of just happened around the time and spoke to the guy um, that was uh, that, that runs the facility now. Um, no police, I don't think, use that anymore. It's been used for various things, um, and the sort of the you know, there's already a gym, but the Broncos are putting their own gym in. There's plenty field space uh, out round the back, and you know, we, we mentioned it when they went to Underhill on the on the program. But it's so important, isn't it, to get a training base that you're comfortable with, that you're happy with, and I guess chopping and changing as they've done over the last couple of years, and moving from you know southwest London to northwest London now just a bit further out to Bushy but I, I don't know it, it looks like potentially this could be a place that they can be a, a you know have as a home and really use properly that's what they it need could, it, yeah it could be um, much more than Underhill was I think as you said Underhill was always a short term mm. arrangement I think they originally expected it to be available right through to the end of this current football season yes, yeah. so May and so it did happen quicker than expected uh, having to move out um, and yeah, Bushy does look like it has the potential. I mean, it's 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 a bit out of London, it's, but it's it's not far from the Hive at all. It's a short drive from the Hive. Um, but I've long since uh, stopped assuming anything is long term with the Broncos. <laughs> uh, you know, if they're not at the Hive and not at Bushy in a year or two's time, I wouldn't be surprised because I think those days have gone of uh, expecting to be anywhere for long. And Gav, you're a busy man. You're up to all sorts of stuff. You haven't seen the Broncos uh, yet this year, but you're going along on Sunday. Uh, Are you looking forward to it? Can you look forward to it? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing Jared Summit play. I'm not sure um, how on earth we prepared to play what was probably the toughest game of the season, Lee away uh, with two halfbacks propelled into the team at the very last minute um, I know Joe Keyes is out injured and and Bartos obviously out for months but there's, a, there's an issue and a, a gap there but that seemed very strange to just suddenly bring in two lone players uh, to play in the halves I'm looking forward to seeing Samet though um, and I, I'm expecting a, a home win and um, 
if there isn't a home win, I think people will start to dread the worst for the season because the next couple of games look winnable. Uh, and if we're going to be in the mix for the top four, um, then we need to stop this uh, this current form and get some points on the board pretty sharpish. Just on the, the Broncos' form while we're on it, um, Richard on Twitter saying some good stuff from London Broncos today, uh, meaning Sunday, especially second half. Uh, this is the game against Lee. Um, was expecting a total pasting, so definitely something to build on if you do head to any of the games uh, this year, the away games, ones that I'm unlikely to be at, uh, and you want to send us your um, post-match thoughts, please do. They're obviously welcome. Uh, it gives me a, a good insight and certainly helps with the podcast. So, Richard, thank you for that. Uh, at Ian Ramsdale on Twitter or rldownsouth at gmail.com uh, is the email address. Um, back on the subject of Grimer, Paul saying he was always so positive, always had a smile on his face and was always there to speak to fans. A genuine nice bro- bloke. Uh, Luce saying London are definitely going to miss him. And Roger saying, hope the family issues are not that serious. History will judge his time here. Nice guy, though. So how has the week been at London Broncos? My uh, original plan was to have a chat with uh, uh, Rhys Williams, who's been uh, one of the best performers from the reports that I've read and from what I saw uh, against Doncaster at the opening game at the Hive. Um, But with everything that happened, there was only one man that we uh, could really talk to, or two, really, I suppose. Um, But the one I ended up talking to was uh, Hendo. The assistant coach at Broncos, the interim head coach for now. Um, just recorded this interview with him. In fact, very honest and uh, very open about um, what's going on, what's happened, how things are, um, and how he feels about the job that needs to be done and taking things forward and whether he sees himself in that role. Um, that's a pretty good synopsis, but you can listen to the full thing. Here he is, uh, the assistant coach at London Broncos, now the interim head coach, Andrew Henderson. Hendo, well, what a week it's been. Um, did you see this coming? Uh, no, I didn't, to be honest with you, Ian. It's, uh, yeah, it's come as a little bit of a shock. Uh, I think it's sort of shocked everybody within the club. Um, you know, it was sort of... Uh, yeah, I think looking at training and looking over the course of pre-season, there was probably little signs there that um, something was um, not quite right. Uh, but... Uh, with Joey, but uh, yeah, nothing that made you think, you know, it was at the level that it was at, and um, yeah, it was it was a strange week leading into the league game. It was, you know, basically, you know, Joey sort of, you know, hinted to me on sort of Thursday, you know, um, that something wasn't right because he, you know, he basically said to me, Hendo, you run all the preview for us today, and basically when we're walking out in the field, he said, you know, you take the session today, I'm just going to sit back and observe. So I kind of knew something wasn't right, and just with his demeanour and his manner and things like that, and um, I spoke to him afterwards, and uh, he sort of, yeah, opened up very, very honestly and personally to me about what had been going on, and, um, you know, there's obviously some, some issues there, and he was facing and dealing with, and, you know, he wasn't sure where he was at the moment, and um, I think a phone call that he wasn't going to be able to attend on Saturday's training session leading into the league game and so I had to take that on my own and, and obviously he was unable to attend the game on, on Sunday at least so um, you know it was yeah it was a pretty sort of tough week because um, obviously we didn't really know what was going on or where he truly was at uh, and then obviously I spoke to Joey Sunday night and um, he sort of made it pretty clear to me that he was going to step down with immediate effect and, uh, the next day and, and then obviously there was a meeting held on Monday morning at 11 o'clock and and Joey obviously addressed the players and staff, and it was quite emotional, um, you know, for, for Joe. And uh, you know, he obviously, 
obviously didn't go into the details. He went into it with me in front of the players and staff, but he just uh, obviously uh, just let, let everyone know that he, he has got some issues um, you know, personally and with the family, and uh, it's sort of out of his control at the moment. And you know, he just felt it wasn't fair to to the club, to the staff, to the players um, when he wasn't able to dedicate his full energy to to the team, uh, and that's what was disappointing for him. And um, but. You know, he had that honesty within him, and that's the type of person he is. That he was able to, you know, realise that and, and action it now, rather than later, where it could have had an even more detrimental effect on the club. So, you've got to almost applaud him for, um, for you know, the way he handled it. Uh, albeit it's not ideal. You know, it's put us in a very difficult position. Obviously, we're round, uh, round three uh, down, and um, yeah, we've lost our head coach. So. Um, but what a great opportunity for me personally, you know, uh, to step in. I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed the, the back end of last week and obviously the game day experience at Lee and um, thought we had a real positive performance from the players uh, from that. And, and again, this week uh, has been outstanding. You know, the, the boys have really uh, dealt with it. Um, they've not dwelled on it. Uh, they've been really positive and, and they understand that, uh, you know, uh, we've got a job to do. And, and you know, we're now building in uh, to try and deliver a great performance against Workington on Sunday. Let's just take a couple of those things, Hendo, because I guess the, the first question is, you know, people have been asking, you know, why has Joey stood down and what's happened? You know, you've hinted there about the problems and the statement that the club put out, you know, said for, yeah. for personal reasons that he's got. I mean, th- there's been rumours going around that the, the, the squad were told, you know, they have to win on Sunday or, they, you know, they, there's certain implications. But in, you're saying that this was you know, a completely Joey's personal opinion and something that he felt was fair to do to the club at that time. Absolutely, 100%. Um, Even chairman uh, and owner David Hughes came in on Wednesday after training this week just to address all the players because he wanted to make it uh, very clear uh, to the players that um, this was Joey's decision, 100% Joey's decision. The club actually did everything uh, in their power to encourage him to stay. Um, yeah, they were even willing to, to let him have some time off to, to deal with this, you know. But he just felt, Joey just felt it uh, it was the right decision to make at this moment in time, and, um, and and that was it basically. Yeah. So there's no uh, there's no truth in any of those rumours going around. It was definitely a hundred percent decision from Joey Grimer uh, to step down as, as head coach, and nothing to do with the club. And you mentioned the, the honesty of what he's done. You know, it'll be a, a big loss for the club in terms of what he's done over the last year. From from your point of view, you know, what was he like to work with? What was he doing at that club? How how much of an... Obviously, he had a big influence as to where they are now because he practically put that squad and that, that club together as it is, including recruiting someone like you. So, I mean, what what do you think when you look at it, his, um, his impact had been on the club? Well, I think he had a a positive impact. Um, I mean, to be fair to him, he, he took over a club that was was in a bit of turmoil, uh, was in a bit of a mess. Um, I think you probably could say he's remembered for uh, trying to help with restructuring the club to some degree. Um, again, uh, you look at on-field performances, and obviously his record doesn't sound too good with a, only a couple of wins on the board. But um, yeah, I mean, it, what he did try and do was. Uh, he tried to look at re-engaging with the with the community game. Um, he certainly was big on trying to develop the youth within the club. Um, you know, what I mean, and again, he was looking to try and put some structures and systems in place um, for the long-term future of the club. You know, and obviously, unfortunately, Charlie, you know, he's not going to be able to see them through. But um, you know, that's for me the sort of legacy, I guess, that, that he's probably left moving forward. What What was he like to work with? Oh, he's a character. Um, he wasn't always smiles. 
you know. Um, obviously, he comes across a very smiley, he does. person. Um, but he, he had a little mean streak in him at times too, which sometimes as a coach, you know what I mean, you have to have. So, you know, he could get a little bit snappy at times, uh, you know, if players weren't doing the right thing and stuff like that. But, uh, no, he was, he was a genuinely uh, nice guy and an honest fellow, I found it, you know, to be like that way. And, you know, again, I've you know, managed to pick up a few things in the short time I've worked with him, you know. I mean, I've managed to pick up a few things from my own development of him. So, you know, it's only been a positive experience for me working around him. And you mentioned, you know, what an, an opportunity it is uh, for you. Is, is this something that you'd considered, something that you thought might happen in the future, something you'd like to do? I mean, have you got a mean streak? Well, if I have to, yes. Um, you know, I like to, I like to think I'm, I'm fair and I'm honest uh, as a coach. And I like to think on that with the players as well. That I'll give them that fairness and that honesty. But again, if they don't reciprocate that, then they'll you know they'll suffer the consequences. And that's the way it has to be. Um, yeah, you know, I think to be honest, the position that we're in, um, I think London as a self as a club has been too soft for too long. Um, I certainly believe that we need to be tougher on not only the players but just on our standards and our professionalism and things like that. So you know, I've you know for me, I've got a bit of a three-year plan. Um, you know, if I get the opportunity to take this club forward. Um, you asked the question, did I ever think it would happen? Well, the, the plan for me was to do the two years as an assistant and then hopefully be groomed into to taking over the job in the future. That was the kind of thought process I had with Joey. Um, you know, but obviously it's come a lot sooner than expected. Uh, you know, but in saying that, uh, like you say, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And, and my sort of philosophy for, for here is, you know, we've got to build from within. Um, I think we've got to stop relying on you know, bringing in, having to bring in dual reg and loans and things like that. We need to get to a stage where we've got a, a stable team, uh, a team that is you know, based in London. You know, players are based in London and also players are from London. Um, you know, so we've got, I think we've got about nine, ten young fellas in our top 25 squad at the moment. We're a reasonably young squad, you know, believe it or not. I know we've got some, some good players in the squad that are experienced, but um, we've got a lot of, lot of young fellas. And, and for me, that's the future of the club. You know, and, and that in three years' time, I'd like to think those young guys are, are playing regularly week in, week out. They're established, they're seasoned. And then on top of that, we can continue to put some quality around those guys to support us and, and keep taking the team forward. But that's got to be the future of the Broncos for me. Uh, if it has any future, that's that's got to be it. Um, you know, it has to be a long-term plan and, and we have to start now. Uh, I do believe things may get worse before they get better um, because I'm going to have to implement some changes. Uh, you know, in a few areas, um, and, and that's just the way it is. Uh, I think looking at the current squad, I'm assessing it at the moment. There's definitely areas we need to strengthen and strengthen pretty quickly. Uh, so I'm, I'm been, I've been on the phone pretty much these last two days trying to search the, the market for players to bring in, and at the moment, to know not much avail. But uh, we will have more players come available in the market generally uh, at the end of April, early May time. You tend to find after that Easter period, more players become available, we can pick up there. But, um, but again, I'm, you know, I'm constantly looking to try and improve the squad, definitely. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's I think that's where we're at and what, what's needed to be done to move forward. You've been uh, very fair and honest in your assessment of where things are at the moment, Hendo. I mean, you've, you've been working hard uh, this week. You're obviously putting the things together for the weekend. Have you got any sort of inkling that you know you, you will get the job on a permanent basis? Um, you know, I, th- I mean, at the moment, um, I mean, David sort of had a, a brief chat with me yesterday after he, he had addressed the players, and I, you know, I think he's, yeah, I think he likes the idea of maybe giving me that opportunity. Um, I think he, you know, I think like anything, it happened so quickly. So I do think the club. You know, do want to sit back and really assess it all, and 
Um, you know, I don't think they want to be hitting any panic stations. I think they want to just, you know, I think they're happy for me running with it at the time being. Um, you know, and again, they will come to a decision hopefully sooner rather than later because it will help me too with where I'm at and what staff I need to bring in and whether I can bring staff in because obviously I've got a lot of questions too I need to sit down and speak to David about. Um, you know, but you know, what will be will be at, the, at, the moment, at this moment in time. You know, we've got a relatively young squad, but we've got a squad of some really good people and some really good players. And for me, I, the squad is nowhere near its potential at the moment. And I spoke to this about the players. You know, I said, last week I thought we had a performance against Lee. You know, um, you know, we, we were pretty good with our attitude. You know, for the first time, we looked uh, creative with the ball. ball. We actually created opportunities. And had we taken those opportunities, we put, a, put ourselves in a chance of winning that game. Um, you know, I thought defensively, you know, we were very, very strong at times. We got caught on the on the edge a little bit systematically. But, you know, our middlemen were really good considering we had a very, very young pack. You know, John Wallace, Erjon Delapi, you know, 19, 20 years of age. Brad Dwyer, 21 years of age at hooker. You know, Toby Everett, 18-year-old prop. You know, John Wicks, again, 19, 20-year-old loose forward coming off the bench, you know. And those blokes handled those established, you know, and seasoned uh, professional forwards that Lee had, and I was so proud of them, mate. And I just, I hope, like you said, we can continue to support those guys by bringing in some more bodies, because uh, it's going to be a, a tough old ass relying on those kids week in, week out for the season. So, um, but there is so much potential, I believe, in this team, and I, I can honestly believe it will, it will grow, it will get better as the year goes on. Uh, where we, where we end up, well, that's anyone's guess, you know what I mean. But um, we are, we will be a quality team. Um, we, like I said, we have got quality people and quality players within the team, and I think things will turn around. Well, it sounds like he wants the job, doesn't it? And um, well, well, we'll wait and see. I guess the, the the club will make a decision. I'm sure they'll they'll not be uh, rushed into anything in particular, and consider what what the plan is. Um, and I, I mean, David Hughes has always sung the praises of uh, Hendo whenever I've talked to him. He's uh, he knows the championship, doesn't he? You know, it's his. It would be a first head coaching role uh, for Hendo, who uh, was obviously done a, a fair bit of coaching uh, in his career, um, but would be, be be taking the reins. But it sounds like he's happy to put his name uh, on the block. So um, yeah, maybe we'll see that in future. I know nothing <laughs> of the inside of the inside track. It sounds like Hendo wants it from from what you can uh, read between what he was saying. I think he was fairly open and honest about that, wasn't he? Um, but yes, it's something that they will. Uh, I'm sure make some sort of statement about or whatever it is. I'm, well, I'm sure they'll make a statement uh, whenever they're ready. But I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation there with uh, Andrew Henderson. Now, here on Rugby League Down South, I did want to get more of the League One clubs on. I know I've had a couple of, uh, a bit of correspondence through the website and um, Twitter and email to... Um, say how much people enjoyed the the League One club, so I've tried to get them all in. Coventry will, though, have to wait until the uh, next episode. Uh, But here are the chats that I have done with the um, League One coaches of Hemel, Gloucestershire, Scorpions, and, yeah, Coventry next time. Um, And what I've done, I'm just going to play them in chronological order, the the order that I recorded them. seems to make the most sense, really. Um, They had League One Cup games... A straight knockout as it was at the weekend as their season openers. Um, not one rugby league down south side through. Uh, then again, the draw was meant to be made in regional pots, wasn't it? Which which didn't happen um, for some reason. I think that was the initial plan when they uh, made the the announcements of sort of formats of the leagues. Um, but obviously, the the two pots thing 
didn't happen um, whether they changed their mind or whether it was an oversight not too sure um, a couple of derby fixtures though in future seasons as an opening game of the season wouldn't be a, a bad way of uh, beginning it was it um, but first up then uh, for the League One coaches is the Hemel head coach Troy Perkins um, tried to talk to him in quality like I did with um, with Gavin over sort of Skype or, or FaceTime, so it's a bit more listenable for you. Um, it took us quite a long time to set up things with Troy. I've got to say, though, uh, he was very patient, very willing to do it, trying to do everything he could to make sure um, that we did it in more than just uh, telephone quality, um, but not exactly sure what was recorded here, so it might dive into our... Um, opening exchanges a little bit a little bit later but we will find out here is my chat or what was recorded um of my chat with the hemel coach troy perkins troy it looks like when you look at the uh, results from the weekend it was a very tough weekend all round for the uh, southern rugby league sides in the, in the league one cup um how difficult was was your fixture on sunday yeah we come up against um, a very good team you know swinton Obviously, um, got relegated last season, but they've they've recruited really well. Um, they had a couple of lone players from from Wigan in their in their team, um, and a couple of their signings, including Jordan James, Stuart Litlew, who's probably played 100 Super League games. Mm. So yeah, they they had a quality team, and we we had um, yeah we had a fair few players missing. It's no excuses. It's just um, you know we were weakened a little bit, and you know we we need to be at full strength to play to play those top teams, I think, to, to, to really give them a good crack. And unfortunately, we weren't at full strength and um, and, our, and our forwards just, you know, just got sort of steamrolled and uh, made it made it hard for, for our backs to do anything. And we yeah, probably, the, the dis, we, we didn't defend that bad. We just had to defend a lot. And, and, and eventually, we conceded points, which, which you're going to do. Um, but the, probably the disappointing thing was we didn't, we never, you know, we didn't look very good with the ball. Um, and that's something that we need to address in the next few weeks. And obviously, that you know, it's an indication when you don't score any points that you weren't very good with the ball. None of the um, southern sides went through to the next round of the League One Cup. And tongue in cheek on, on Twitter, I said, you know, it looks like League One will end up as a as a, a, ge- a geographical split almost uh, for this year. We always knew it was going to be difficult. You know, the the, the teams that are in the league this year, um, but. I mean, is is it that clear cut, or or, or are the, the southern side is going to going to challenge throughout the season? Because it still is very early, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just think you know with the budget, some of those those um, the teams that have just come into our league have got, um, you know, and and the the players that they've got to choose from, it, 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 yeah, it makes it very difficult for the southern teams. And you know, I think we've spoke before about last last season, the competition was was pretty competitive, um, and. and and uh, everyone, you know, could beat anyone on their day. But you're right. Probably this year, it's, you know, those those um, the Swintons and and Keithleys and that probably, you know, won't won't suffer many many losses. I don't think. It's always difficult to to compare year on year squads and things like that. But how strong is your um, Hemel Stags uh, squad for 2015? I think um, I think we're you know, talent-wise, we're probably probably more talented than we have been the last couple of years. Bringing in uh, Jamie O'Callaghan, James Woodburn, Hall, um, people like that is um, you know they're, they're they're quality Super League players. Um, then we've got players like Rob Thomas joining the team as well. So 
I think um, player-wise, we're probably, you know, um, probably a little bit better than the last two seasons. Um, however, at the moment, we're we're struggling with injuries, and and we're not we haven't got our our full roster training, and that's probably what what's made it pretty difficult, and um, that that's what's going to make it difficult for the start of the season as well. Um, you know, injuries aren't great at any time of the season, but there's two ways to look at it. You know, you lose you lose a fair few players early on, which isn't great for you for the start of the season. However, um, the way I look at it is that that these players that we've lost for eight to ten weeks, they're not actually missing many games because of the way that the um, pre-season cup's gone and and the and the free weekends we've got. So um, people like Jamel Coleman who, who broke his cheekbone. Um, a month ago, if, if, if we get him back for scholars, he's only actually he's missed. You know, he, he he's been out for eight weeks, but he may, may only miss you know two friendlies and and two competitive three competitive games, Challenge Cup and League League uh, Cup games. So I suppose it's you know in 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 a way it's the right time to have those injuries. Although um, you know it, ha- it hasn't probably been the best preparation that we would have liked. I remember talking to you, what, two, three, you know, even four years ago about the, the development of the club and the direction in which you were heading. And it seems like, you know, the, the pace of development was so rapid. Is is that pace still going? You know, is, is this club still sort of progressing and moving forward? You know, I'm just, I guess what I'm getting at is, is the, um, you know, the progress still there? I'd like to think so. I'd like, I'd like to say, you know, our players are progressing, but I think... Um... Yeah, we set the bar high the first season, and that's you know it, it, we we achieved probably overachieved massively, and and then to last year, you know we 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 did quite well as well. So, um, you know, speaking to the, the players early on in the season, we we had a chat about where we wanted to finish, and we'd been you know we'd made the playoffs the last two seasons, and they all wanted to make the playoffs again this year. That was their goal, but realistically, I said to them, well. Yeah, there's five teams come down, and there and there was five teams, four teams that finished above us last year. So we've that's that's nine teams that that in theory were above us last year, and we've got to finish in front of five of them to make the playoffs. So mm. that's that's going to be tough, and and you know, it is is where you finish on the table, and an indication of um, how we're progressing as a as a club. Probably not. It's a good indication, but probably not the be all and end all. And it's it's just about developing these these players that we've got as well. Um, you know, the the game yesterday we had players like Malachi Lloyd Jones, who who's played with us for a few years, but hasn't play, played many first grade games. Tom Sadler made his first team debut yesterday. He's been at the club three or four years. So so those players have progressed, and I think that's a good indication of how we're going as well. How is it? I know it's obviously early days at the moment, but how is it having Coventry uh, in League One? Because that's where you're based, isn't it? So you have got a team on your doorstep now, but you're you're yeah, you're with Hemel. We live closer to the ground than 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 any of the Coventry players or coaches. Oh, really? So it's um, yeah, it's a bit bizarre, but um, but I'm very good friends with the people that run the club and and the um, the guy, the general manager, the guy that's that set up the club, Alan Robinson. He was best man at my wedding a couple of years ago, so. We get on, we get on really well. Although you know, um, we probably don't talk as openly about rugby as we we might have done a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he tries to keep some things under, you know, close to his chest, and so do I. But um, yeah, it's a bit bizarre. But I'm I'm really happy for the people involved there, and um, 
hopefully they do really well. They've they've recruited um, you know a lot of young guys that are that are keen and hungry for success, and they proved when we played them a couple of weeks ago that, that they're not going to be a pushover. I was I was surprised with with how well they played against us, and um, and and um, how how organised they were, and I think um, you know I think they'll 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 cause a couple of surprises this this season as well, but. Yeah, um, you know, with their ground being two minutes away and and Hamill's ground being seventy five miles away, yeah, it's a it's it's a mass, massive difference. Um, but but it's you know, I've been committed to Hamill for a long time, and and I can't see that changing in the foreseeable future. So just tell us a bit more about how you know Alan, because this must be weird—a guy that's been your best man and now, um, well, you're if if you want to put it bluntly, your rivals. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, he he's the one that got me over to. To, to play at Coventry after I finished playing in France, and um, yeah, we, he was he was uh, running the club then, and and he got me over here, and I was only supposed to stay six weeks, and and got a a, knee, a season-ending knee injury, and stayed on and, and took over the coaching job, and and then coached him. I was a player coach the following year when we won National Three, and um, so yeah, I, I'd like to think I've played a you know a, a decent part. In, in the success of the club over the years and um, you know I, I wish them all the best but yeah it is bizarre as I said we, we used to speak you know openly about rugby and everything you know up until probably last year but now things are you know we, we went away to Toulouse um, in October just him and I for a couple of couple of days to you know, see some people we knew in, in France and, and whatever and we didn't speak that much about rugby or especially about Hemel and Coventry anyway so yeah there is that that fierce rivalry there now so the relationship has changed slightly. Back on Hemel for a second um, I've been saying to a couple of Broncos fans in the last few weeks that a season isn't made in your opening three games you know Broncos are one from three in terms of your season it's always difficult for these um developing sides to you know a knockout cup game for the first game of the season it seems quite harsh to me you know it seems to um, be that you need a bit of time to warm into the season is that right and are you ready or when should we start looking at these squads and thinking you know okay this is this is the level that we're at oh, I think you know my opinion is that, that this league cup was um should never have been played to be honest um you know whether we drawn Swinton Coventry Oxford, whoever. I think um, my opinion is is that the, the the competition should start now, and then and then possibly look at you know every every six weeks having a a blank weekend where you know our semi professional players get an opportunity to, to actually do something for, for you know for um, you know over weekends whether that's going away or, or or doing whatever because remember they're only part time players and 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 their commitment's massive anyway. But now we've got League Cup, so we got beat yesterday. Challenge Cup, if we happen to get beat this weekend, we don't play for another three, four weekends. So there's three weekends where there's no match, and uh, I just think it's it's ridiculous. And Coventry will be in the same boat, and Oxford and, and teams like that. So I'd prefer that the the competition started now, and we had those blank weekends because it's it's very difficult for for players to. I think once we play Scholars in our first game, I think we, there's I think we play 19 out of 20 weekends in a row, you know, and that's that's going to take its toll on players, and and um, and it, and it doesn't give them an opportunity to, to have any sort of um, 
you know, holidays over the summer when, when people are looking to get away or, or if they do, they miss games. So you're asking them to, to choose, which I don't think is fair sometimes. You know, it's different for, for some of the, you know, maybe championship where players are on contracts and big contracts and all that, but, but our players... Yeah, it's difficult for, um, like you say, the the, the championship one or the, or the league one um, fixture list has been a bone of contention, I think, for, for many, many years. Uh, just finally, Troy, before uh, I let you go, um, Joey Grimer, a, a guy you've obviously spoken to quite a lot over the past couple of years. Are you surprised to see him leave Broncos? And I suppose, you know, f- from you, how, how are you remembering sort of what kind of guy was it to deal with? Yeah, I'm very surprised um, when, I, when I got the news today. I've as you said, I, I knew Joey pretty well, and he was a very enthusiastic, enthusiastic person. He, he loved rugby league, very passionate about the sport, and from from all the vibes I got, he was very passionate about rugby league in London. And uh, and I thought if anyone's going to you know play a big part in in um, their revival this year, it would have been him. So yeah, very very surprised and. Um, you know, just hope there's, you know, that, that he hasn't left for, you know, on, there, there isn't something, you know, big underlying problems there that he's left. He's just, he's just um, decided that, that life in London isn't for him. Um, but no, I, I'm sure he'll, he'll pick up a club back in Australia pretty easy. But yeah, very surprised. And I just hope, um, hope that London can, can, can carry on without him. I know Andrew Henderson um, was up at Hemel recently and spent some time with the players and did some question and answer with the players and he, he seems like a very knowledgeable guy and, and, and a very um, you know very good coach so so if he, he's the interim coach I wouldn't be surprised if they um, if, if he becomes a, the full-time coach and when you talk about a club with stability um, you know you see that the fruits of what Hemel have done over the years you know having recruited Troy um, you know using him through their latter stages of being in the amateur game and now in the semi-professional ranks um, you know they've been the the best performing um, championship one team as it was in the last couple of seasons um, league one as it is now but uh, always good to talk to Troy and it seems like he's um, recruited a, a, a decent squad with a couple of uh, good players there stolen or oh, not stolen I mean you shouldn't um, shouldn't say that should we um, poached some of that but to be fair no recruited and um, that have played with uh with other sides in the rugby league down south spectrum uh, in recent years, but it would be interesting. Um, we wish Hemel all the best in their League One season. Uh, talking of trying to um, get all the League One coaches on the program, I did have um, a submission through the website. Of course, if you um, thank you for finding this podcast. If you're in iTunes or you're in a podcast directory and it automatically downloads, you'll have noticed nothing different. But I've got a new a podcast supplier. Um, this year which means that certain things have changed if you watch it or watch it if you uh, listen to it um, on a website then you'll have to have to go to uh, ianramsdale.co.uk that's the uh, the home of the podcast now that's where it'll be if you want to stream it at your desk or anything like that so um, I'm hoping that people have found it and have found where it is I think if you Google search Rugby League Down South. It does come up with it. That's uh, that's my hope anyway. Um, well, I had an, an email from the from the website from uh, Mike Woodward. Mike, I said I'd give you a shout on the programme. He says he enjoys the coverage of the Championship One or the League One clubs uh, and the amateur scene. So, yes, I hope you're enjoying this podcast, Mike. Um, so I'd give you a shout. And uh, thank you for listening and downloading. Um, 
to anyone uh, that's listening to this right now and uh, we will do more stuff on the amateur game i'm sure as the uh, the season goes on as well um i think there was a there was a nines tournament or the the opening part of the season there's uh, plenty of things starting to happen with those uh, with those amateur teams which we'll pick up in the next uh, few programs now as i mentioned um somewhat tongue-in-cheek on twitter that after the, the league one cup uh, results it looks like that if you sort of projected those scores throughout the rest of the season, that League One would turn into an accidental geographical north-south split. Uh, Philip on Twitter saying, um, question mark, all golds should have won. Um, yes, of course, in position now at the all golds is Lee Greenwood, former um, winger, played for Sheffield, Halifax, Broncos uh, and Huddersfield in his career, worked as assistant coach at Batley and Halifax, um, comes in to replace the... Uh, Scotland coach Steve McCormack, who was with the All Golds, who um, has taken taken up a role uh, with Wigan, which means he won't have the time to do the All Gold stuff. Um, so this gave us an opportunity to talk to um, the All Golds head coach, the new head coach Lee Greenwood, to find out what he's making of the role, what he thinks of the side that he's got for 2015, and where he thinks they can be and how well they can do in 2015. So here's the new. University of Gloucestershire All Golds coach Lee Greenwood. Well, first of all, Lee, I guess you know you're um, one of the new faces at the All Golds. How have you found it? I'm enjoying it. Um, learning more about the, the club and the setup as we go along. Um, I can see the potential there, and obviously we're looking long term for for what we're doing there. It's the, the project. Um, but as I said from the start, we don't want to be going out and getting and getting beat heavily. We want to compete now, so so that was a good start on Sunday. When I spoke to the, the previous coaches of the club, I've always asked sort of what it was about the old gold that that tempted you to take the job. When you, when you were having the conversations with them, what was it that you thought? You know, I, I quite like this. Um, like I said, I think it's the potential. Uh, it's not just a first team squad that there's nothing coming through, so you've got to look elsewhere for all, all recruitment you know it's there's a lot of good plans and there's a lot of good things already in place so there's, there's also the university set up where there's scholarship um, rugby players and stuff like that so there's there should be a pathway there of players to come through um, and then obviously we've got plans long term regarding underneath that as well to filter into into that so you know there's a lot of clubs about that have just got a first team and that's it nothing underneath it so you it's just constantly turning over players and getting other ones in whereas we really want to produce our own and that was something that I was I was conscious of, of going to a club as that and we've certainly found that here What do you think about the um the, the university setup as it is, because talking to your chief executive Rob Webber um, in the last couple of days, you know he was explaining how you know the links and and the the things that the club is doing with the university, you know it seems to be more and more every year. Yeah, obviously I can always speak for now. Um, I can't speak for the previous couple of years, but you know it is a unique a unique setup. Um, obviously, we use the university's facilities to train with. Um, we use students to work with our staff, uh, which helps. Um, you know, we use sort of media equipment and, and staff and expertise that way, um, medical. So it, to be honest, it's a real big help. Um, you know, certainly, certainly far from the finished article, and there's 
a lot of other areas we can tap into really um, to help out. Certainly one I'd suggest, and another club's been looking at this, is try to get the students coming to the games. Um, because we've really got a fan base there waiting on his doorstep. So if we can, if we can tap into that, you know, then, then we're on to a winner. What about on the field then? Um, I sort of tongue-in-cheek said at the weekend, you know, with the results as it was in the League One Cup, that League One could end up as a league being ended up as a bit of a geographical spread. But I think your game, if anything, proves that the, the teams, uh, the non-traditional teams, the Southern teams, have really got a shot against some of these uh, these other sides this year. I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak, speak for us um, and what we're doing. We're not, we're not particularly bothered about winning games just for the South. We want to win them for ourselves, to be honest. Um, that's certainly the talk around the game is that it will be all Northern teams at the top and all Southern teams at the bottom. But if we break into that and no other Southern teams do, then <laughs> that's not a concern of mine. You know, I'm only bothered about us, really. Um, yeah, we were close. But we're disappointed that we didn't win. That's what we are in it to win. We've sort of got a, a starting starting squad is good, um, and certainly can compete at that level now. Um, underneath that, then you're looking at quite a bit of an age drop for some young lads and guys who don't know the game, so they're probably a bit away off from that that level um, of the top end of that division. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult, but we've shown on Sunday that with our everyone available. We're not far off one of the one of the favourites for the division there, and if the conditions didn't deteriorate so bad, we would have been in with a better shot of winning that. So does it set you up well for the Challenge Cup this weekend? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, no, nobody wants to be at the end of a, an absolute hammering in your first game. It just didn't help for confidence, does it? So we certainly didn't prepare that we were going to get hammered. We we prepared as if we were going to go and beat them. We put in a game plan and things like that to go beat them um, so yeah we're just a little bit disappointed that we didn't but plenty of um, confidence taken out of that that we know we can compete and we know that we can we can beat them so the lads have played have, have put their hand up um, they've stated the claim for the shirt going forward so I would imagine you know a vast majority of them will be playing again this week because I'm a big believer in if you've played well you keep your shirt for the week after um, I'm not here to sort of keep everyone in the squad totally happy by rotating and things like that. I just think lads build form up by playing. So that'll be the case if people are playing well and there's no reason to change it, then there won't be any changes. And how did you find um, recruiting um, your side for this year? Sometimes League One sides can have a, a bit of a, a big turnover, you know, keeping the consistency can sometimes be difficult. Again, you know, you joined in the uh, the off-season as well. How was it getting together a squad that you're happy with? I don't think we're there yet. We're far from it. Um, so I took the job. There was a lot of players I'd never even heard of that had already agreed terms purely because the club had to get some players agreed terms or it would have been difficult but yeah by the time I came in they'd agreed terms with a lot of players that I was unaware of um, so obviously I've had a, I'm having a good look at them now really um, some of them have played one friendly some haven't even played a friendly so I'm not going to see them in action yet um, we've brought in a few more players since I, I took over um, but again a lot of that is recommendations rather than me actually seeing them play um, it's just sort of just sort of been not so much take what you can but certainly players that come available you just you, you 
you've got to give a quick answer because you know they're getting offered around to all the, all the other clubs as well. So if you delay, you're probably going to lose out to someone else. Uh, you need to be quick on your feet, um, certainly this division. Um, but what I would say is you get offered players still now all the time. Um, let's go out of reunion or I've been injured over the pre-season without a club. So you do get offered players constantly. Um, it's getting to a stage now where we've got quite a lot of bodies. Um, so it's just me working out who's going to be good enough going forward. Because um, we want to be competing at the top end of this division. Now We've shown that we can do that on Sunday. So we want to bring in lads that can help us do that um, rather than people that can just sort of bump the numbers of the squad up. So anyone that we do bring in from now on, we'll, we'll want to be sure about that they can, they can make the 17. And what do you make of the, the the squad that you've got? Obviously, you know, you say there's a few players that were there before you arrived and you've obviously recruited a few. Um, what sort of team have you got? Hard-working team? You know, a skillful team? You know, are they sort of well-bonded? How, how would you describe them? I'd certainly say well-bonded. Um, again, I can't speak for the past regime over the first two years, but everyone seems to be really enjoying it now. There's sort of a, a feel-good factor about the place. Um, but what I would say is we're carrying... A very big squad at the moment, um, and I'm working out sort of week by week who's going to be good for us going forward as in top end of this division. So I would imagine at some point some people might want to um, look at going on loan maybe or, or look for passage new because obviously every player there, or they should be, wants to play, and there's only 17 shirts available. Um, and you always find that when someone else has recruited your players, you don't always see the same things and what, what they've seen. So it's just it's just natural in any sport, you know. Different coaches want different things and want different things in the players. So some of the players will probably find themselves not playing um, through no fault of their own, just through difference of opinions, really. And, and we may, I'm sure it's during the season the squad will change slightly as well. Um, but what we're, what we're looking at is this time next year a lot more settled and we won't have added too many to it we'll have kept on the guys that we know can compete at the, the top end of this division um, and hopefully that'll mean we'll have to add four or five new faces at the end of the season and are you enjoying it? I'm loving it I'm loving it it's my first head coach's job so um, maybe Sunday result might have changed it but we're looking at going into every game pretty much underdogs certainly against all the Northern clubs Um probably won't have known too much about us but obviously results like Sunday if we continue to put them together people will be sitting up and taking notice so no, I'm loving it um, it's a challenge it's obviously different from being an assistant coach but you know it's something that I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to now going ahead um, squads squad wise like I say we're, we're looking at making that as strong as we can we can possibly make it so that we can compete at the top end of this division I do often think it's um, not bizarre, but um, these coaches come into uh, new clubs and, you know, I'll get them on the podcast and chat to them. Um, you know, for me, it is it's a bit of fact finding, really, because, uh, um, you know, for many of these teams, I don't get to see them, don't get to, to travel there and to chat to them and um, sort of get the gossip. That's often the, the best way of getting the uh, the news of how things lie by visiting the training ground and, and stuff like that. So, um uh, thank you for for Leeds for talking to us uh, and giving his uh, inside uh, insight. Hopefully, as the season progresses, we can uh, become a bit more familiar with each, with each other and um, 
have a good chat and uh, get the uh, the details of what are going on at the Gloucestershire All Goals. But of course, we uh, wish Lee all the best in his um, first head coaching role. Um, seems like a, a great place at the moment. Um, the University of Gloucestershire All Golds chatting to their chief exec. You know, I, I mentioned various plans that they've got, and it does seem like they're developing other areas of the club and, and taking things on. I'm sure it's something that we'll mention more on the podcast in future weeks. But um, things are developing and and moving um which is good to see and that linking and that running as as you know as part of the university in conjunction with the university it really has its uh, its benefits it's a it's a great model which they seem to be nailing um and so you know it's it's different to what we've seen elsewhere but um it's working at the moment for them uh so yes it's let's uh, keep an eye on the the all golds um this season uh, right, okay, let's go to the uh, South Wales Scorpions then. Um, the call waiting noises that you heard uh, during the interview with Lee was that of uh, the Scorpions coach Mike Grady. He was calling me back. Um, I'd tried to talk to him earlier on, hadn't managed to. Um, but that's maybe why it made sense to do these interviews chronologically. Um, the Scorpions nilled by Rochdale in the opening game of their uh, League One Cup fixture. We've obviously spoken to Mike on many an occasion, really, about the development of the game in South Wales and how things are going. Um, in fact, he mentioned on, on Twitter after the game of the weekend, under the circumstances, I'm happy. Everything is fixable and talent is there. Um, the Oxford RL supporters um, in their game were saying, very impressed with Oxford lads, uh, will prove to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and Tim saying... Um, agree and disagree with my comment about sort of the accidental geographical spread, uh, geographical divide for League One potentially emerging. Many still see this part of the season as pre-season. Lots of churn player-wise and plenty to work on based at Oxford. So those two comments uh, about Oxford and how they started. But back on the subject of um, the South Wales Scorpions, they've got a tough fixture against York in the Challenge Cup this weekend. Um... The Knights beating Scholars, 78 points to 10. In fact, Scholars led 4-0 after 25 minutes, uh, conceding 10 second-half tries. Um, you can hear Joe Mabu in the um, the previous podcast to this one uh, with his pre-season thoughts, of course, before that game um, with York. Uh, but it maybe just shows how tough this League One season is going to be, potentially. Um, but here is the... Uh, the Scorpions coach Mike Grady, um, with his pre-season thoughts, really their reflection on the on the League One Cup and how he sees the League One season unfolding. A tough start for, for many of the uh, rugby league down south clubs, but how was it for you? Yeah, it's, the scoreline didn't look too healthy, did it? Forty nil, but um, from from a personal point of view, there was there was plenty of positives to take from the game. Um, I was down on numbers, which, which is crazy. First game of the season, we we had a lot of injuries during pre-season. A uh, bit of unavailability, so I was down to 16 fit players, and then only one sub for the second half, with with seven guys uh, making a debut. So, all things considered, the guys that made the debut um, stepped up from from the academy and the amateur game. They, they handled the, the experience very well. So, there's a lot of positives for me. Scoreline doesn't look look great, but from from my point of view, there is a lot of positives to build on. We obviously spoke um, a fair bit last year about the season you had and, and how things were going, and you know everyone talks about development and, and progression. You've seen it through the um, the off season now. How do you feel? What, you know, where where are you now with that progression? You still sort of with the forward momentum? Yeah, we, we, we are. We are getting there. We've we signed um, a couple. Well, we signed the majority of the squad on that was that was here last year, but unfortunately during pre season we've lost. Uh, 
a few of them experienced boys due to due to work and, and various things like that. So uh, we're at the starting block still, but um, a bit more a bit more positive this year with with us having a pre-season and then the type of lads that have stepped up from the academy who, who again have, have been playing very well. So we're still at the starting block, but there's plenty of good signs there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it again. Because you decided, you know, your your policy is, you know, stay local, isn't it, and, and to bring the local lads through. You got some good, 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 yeah. good talent there. Yeah, de- definitely without a doubt, and it's something I'm going to stick to. I, I, it's just not sustainable as bringing people in from from up north, if you like, and, and paying this that this money, that money, and for them to be gone the season later, and, and you start again from scratch. It might, it might take three, four, five seasons, maybe, but. We can get a, a group of a pool of players down here that, that are experienced playing at, at this level. It, it can only benefit um, Wales in general. So that's that's the philosophy, uh, philosophy I'm going to stick with. I had a chat with your, your chairman as well last year about sort of all the options you had for sort of playing grounds and sort of you know playing at Cardiff Arms Park for a couple of games and stuff. Where, where are you playing your games this year? We're, we're at Mountain Ash uh, Rugby Union this year. Um, it's based in the valleys, not far from well, in between Cardiff and, and Merthyr Tidbill. They're probably names that people would recognise. So it's it's in between there. Um, they've been very good with us. If I'm, if I'm totally honest with you, we've had use of all the training facilities. Um, we've had guys there opening up for us, locking up for us, and they couldn't have been more more helpful with everything that we're that we're doing. So we're excited about the about the partnership and looking forward to it this season. Challenge Cup uh, this weekend. Um, how difficult, or, or, or how do you feel going into it off the back of your the weekend you've just had? It's been, uh, the draws have been kind to us, haven't they? Rochdale and York. It'd be a tough one, like just like Rochdale was. It'd be a tough one. I feel a lot more confident, confident than what I did before the Rochdale game. After seeing seeing the lads in, in that game, um, it'd be tough. Just as every game will be this year, it's going to be a tough league, an exciting league, but. Um, I think we can make it tough for them if they're, they're obviously coming to our place so we'll make it tough for them but as I say it's going to be tough and I'm under no, no illusions how hard, how hard the game will be because they had some sort of game against the Scholars didn't they? Yeah it was, uh, it was a big score wasn't it but I'm not, I'm not I don't look at things like that anything could have happened on the day you don't know what, what Scholars circumstances were York could have just had one of them days where, where everything clicked so I'm just a big believer in, in looking after everything in, in, in house and then Hopefully they'll hit the game and the result will look after itself. But yeah, it, it was a big score and I just hope they got all the points out of them last week. Just one thing I wanted to mention, um, sort of that happened um, sort of early in the season. But um, Ash Bateman and his uh, suspension um, for breaching anti-doping rules. I, I guess there's, you know, I think your comments on the website were on about, you know, it's just a bit naive and it's it's you've got to be so careful, haven't you, um, when when you're training or when you're playing uh, like these players are. And I guess just an oversight or just a bit of, um, you know, not checking things for any players and prospective players. Listening to this at the moment, it's it's a it's a very it's very clear cut, isn't it? But it, it, you know, you can find yourself if you don't check, you're going to get you into trouble. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I do feel sorry for Ash. He, he has been. It's been a case of not checking what's what's in a certain supplement. But as you've said, it, you can't condone it. It's it's there. He's he's responsible for what's in his system. But it's it's a bit of naivety and not checking. If, if you look at a list, it. It's crackers the amount of stuff that's even down to, to energy drinks and lem sips and, and little things like that. So you, you have got to check what you're taking. There is a bit of naivety on, on his on his behalf, but again, he's a professional player and he's responsible for what for what he's taking and what's in his system. But he's young enough um, to come back um, and still have a career after his 
athlete's banner just hope he's not he's not remembered for this and that he can come back with a bang and carry on where he's where he's left off. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, hopefully, you know, he is young enough that that he can come back. But it's a you know a, a two year ban at the wrong time for a player who's you know on the verge of a good career. Um, you know, it can be very damaging, can't it? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, and that's that's just why I hope he, he can come back. He, he keeps himself to him in shape, and and he comes back with a bang. But um, I wouldn't like him to be remembered for for that. He's, I think he's 101 games, senior games he's played the most the most down here for for Scorpions, and he's been involved in the, in the international setup twice. And as I say, he's naivety on his on his behalf, and I just hope he can put it behind him, and he's strong enough character to get through it and, and come back with a bang. As I say. Just scrolling, um, you know, through stories on your website, you know, you see you're thinking about junior trials and you know debutants and and stuff like that. It does seem like, um, you know, yes, we talked last year about the, the the troubled times that the club have had, but like you mentioned with the pre-season, a bit more stability, the the players that you've got, um, you know, there's a, some proper roots being put down now. Yeah, there's some roots being put down, which is probably probably the right word. Um, Thing is, it, it will take time, and it, it's not something that can happen overnight. But being inside and looking at it all, the, the foundations are there, and it will come good. And I know it's frustrating for for the, for the fans of the Scorpions that are watching, and we're getting beat again, and oh, it's close, but no cigar. But the foundations are there, and there will be a team within four or five years full of Welsh talent that, that the guys will enjoy watching. So foundations are there; it, it's looking good, it's positive, but it, it will take time, and it won't happen overnight. And I, I suppose when you look at that, you could say, you know, is League One the right place to, to build these teams? But really, is there anywhere else where they can be built? Is this the absolute right way for, you know, for the expansion and for, um, you know, developing sides to, to be in the leagues? I'd say so, yeah. Well, definitely in our case, it's, it's the right place for me. They're playing against um, the experienced, experienced teams from up north, which is only going to benefit them. From, from the Rochdale game at the weekend, the guys know what's gone wrong. It was... It was individual errors that, that were costing us points, and it, it didn't really break us down as such. If you, if you like, it was individual errors. So, so guys know we, we need to smarten up like these northern teams, and, and by playing the northern teams, you, you can see where where you need to be at. And for me, it's beneficial, and I'd probably say it'd be the same for, for the other coaches down down here as well. But it is beneficial, and I definitely think it's something we need to, to keep going and keep working at. And how tough is this League One season going to be? You know, I talked to Troy at Hemel. Uh, you know, he said it was a bit unfair to start with a knockout cup, and he's going to have potentially, you know, a, a space of three weeks with no fixtures, then a run of eighteen. Um, you know, with with a game every week, you're coming up against some big sides as well. Everyone's going through the same scenario. It's going to be a a long and tough year, isn't it, for for some sides in League One? Yeah, it is. It's going to be long and tough. But the good thing about us down here is. Just, enjoy it we enjoy everything we do and we can't wait for, for every challenge that, that we come across um, yeah there's a, there's a couple of weeks break before the before the league season starts but we've only had one friendly anyway so we, we've not played much we've not played much much games anyway so we'll, we'll take it as it is we'll keep training we'll train hard we'll, we'll enjoy ourselves and, and we'll look forward to, uh, to the league one campaign against against the old goals on, on Friday and is that the key to um, you know the success of some of these sides? The fact that everyone does enjoy it and everyone has the passion and the, and the belief and um, you know bottom line the, the enjoyment that will will drive things forward. Yeah, well, I, I know each coach is obviously obviously different, but you're different with the circumstances that you dealt with. And, and down here, I, I just want my boys to, to to enjoy what they're doing, to to improve each week as players and people. And, and as I say, just enjoy it. I, the lads had a good beer on the way home from from Rochdale. They, they knew what went wrong. They, they know what to fix up in the week. But 
they come to training, they come to games, and, and they love it. They enjoy being in each other's company and, and playing rugby league. So the boys have got to enjoy it. I think it's all about morale, team spirit, and, and everything will come come with that if we if we build from there. And I guess you know it, it comes to say you know with you as well you know to to try and keep that positivity and to to keep the mind focused. Um, you know ca- can't be easy at times for you, but you know to to keep that positivity around, um, you know is a good thing. Fantastic! Something that we've got to we've got to keep we've got to keep the positivity and, and sometimes it's it's a case of sacrificing maybe personal individual goals my my goals as a coach my success as a coach maybe you know trophies etc and I'd rather the boys 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 be happy and enjoy what they're doing and turn around to me in three or four years and, and say thanks thanks Mike I appreciate what you did for me rather than have a, a big shiny trophy on my mantelpiece I'd, I'd rather be remembered for, for giving boys a chance and, and building some foundations and, and lads enjoying what they're doing and. With, with the money that we that we're on here and the current budget we have, you've got to smile and, and enjoy rugby league. Otherwise, you, you won't be here. So there's Mike Grady of the South Wales Scorpions. Um, always good to, to get the latest there. And I, I, again, you know, he talks about the development and it might take years. This has got to be done, hasn't it? Really, you know, if the if the game is to move and to progress into the areas that people want it to to move into. So, um, you know, they've got to just keep plugging away and. They're working on things. It might be difficult at times. Um, it might not be exactly how they want it, but they will keep going and they will keep plugging away. And we would all love to see um, the game prosper um, across Wales, in North Wales, South Wales, across the country, North and South. Um, so, um, again, uh, an interesting story to to keep tabs on uh, the South Wales Scorpions and, and what they can do this year and the development and the uh, players that they can bring through uh, and of course i mentioned before next time hopefully we'll talk to the coventry bears as well I haven't managed to get hold of them uh, for this podcast now a couple of other messages to finish with on twitter at ian ramsdale richard saying first 30 minutes look good in fact so this is about the uh, the scholars uh, defense and attack then they stopped uh, york were good a uh, sort of new um and dave saying on twitter Foran faded after a slow start. Uh, Liam Foran playing for uh, Scholars uh, in the game on sort of dual red, dual. Um, obviously, sort of signed with Broncos, but uh, on loan. Uh, no, it must have been a dual red, wouldn't it? Be a dual red with uh, with Scholars. Um, but as ever, if you're watching a game and you see something, see someone, something happens and you want to tell us about it and get on the program, please do let us know. Uh, Twitter is at Ian Ramsdale. The email is rldownsouth at gmail.com and any particular time you want to get in touch, if you want to send a message through the website or listen or stream this programme online, it's new home. There's a couple of pictures on the website as well. Uh, ianramsdale.co.uk, so it's my website, ianramsdale.co.uk. If you do Google search um, Rugby League Down South, it should come up with it. In fact, let me just let me just put that to the test. There we go. Um, yes, it possibly comes up with with Spreaker first, which is not ideal. But um, I might have to try and remove that one or put that it has a new home. But uh, yes, if you um, do uh, Google it, try and stick my name in as well. Um, Rugby League Down South, uh, Ian Ramsdale, and that should come up with the website where you can find it. So uh, thank you once again for downloading the programme. Um, I'll be back with another one very soon. If you're going to Broncos on Sunday, I will see you there um, in my capacity as the stadium announcer. And I'll be back with a very new Rugby League Down South podcast soon.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.